Welcome in to the next episode of the Average Football Enjoyers podcast. Today, it's a very special episode. Um, it's the day after football's over, you know. Uh, football's over. Uh, we're recording this the day after the worst Sunday of the year. Um, so we took a week off after the Super Bowl. Then we just had yesterday, which was the first Sunday without football. And now we're here. Now it's our wrap-up episode. Now we're going to talk about what just happened, what we enjoyed from this season, all of that stuff. You know, you know how it goes. We're the average football enjoyers. I'm Jason. We've got Reese. How you doing? Doing very – oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I just started uh, drinking. Um, I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Amazing. What are you drinking? I, I went with the Coors Banquet, and it's the 16-ouncer. So. Wow, wow, wow. It's going to take me a minute. So, Nice. Uh, Rob, you joined us today. How are you doing? Hey, man, doing awesome. Excited to be here back in my regular setup. I uh, spent, spent a few podcast episodes uh, either on the go or, you know, in my living room. But now I'm back at a desk with a monitor. We've got a second monitor to Google things. So I'm in my element. Nice. Uh, I'm excited. Nice. I had the same setup because we talk about so many different things. It's hard to even script yeah. it. And so you just have to have a second monitor to look up <laughs> things. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. So uh, we didn't talk about the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl happened. And it was a pretty good football game. You know, it was a pretty good football game. Uh, Rams took it home 23-20. Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP. Matthew Stafford finally gets its ring, gets his ring, its ring. <laughs> Matthew Stafford finally gets his ring. Um, and it's good storylines. You know, we're happy about it. Boring second half. Bengals only scored because T. Higgins face masked Jalen Ramsey. And <laughs> they just didn't call it. And then that was kind of it uh, for the, the rest of the game uh, until, I guess, the fourth quarter when the Rams got the game-winning touchdown. Cooper Cup was finally fed the ball. Anyone have some thoughts on this game? Kind of said everything. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was pretty clear that the Rams, like, really outclassed the Bengals in this game. Um, I know, like, the Bengals had a few more chances to score despite the, the one touchdown being what should have been a face mask. They still had some other chances to score anyways, but it just kind of felt like the Rams were in control the entire time. Um, I'm sure they probably dominated time of possession. I can look at that in a second, but um, I think it would have probably been truly closer. I know it was a close scoreline, but I think the game would have truly been closer had it been the Bills or the Chiefs in that game. So, but it wasn't a bad game at all. Why do you why do you think the Chiefs would have been closer than the Bengals, who lost by three points? Yeah, so, you- so I think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. Um, I think they they had a really bad second half against the Bengals, and that's what their season came down to. Um, but I really did think that they were the best team, and I still think I still think they're either the best or the second best, um, or maybe the third, because I think the Bills are probably like right on the same level with them. Um, I just I think they they played way below their even their average level of play in that second half against the Bengals. So it's hard for me to just like completely dismiss them as as not good or not as not good but not as good as the Bengals um 
So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you get much closer than three points. Um, I guess maybe just bring it to overtime or at least. Well, or win. Yeah, right. Right. I don't think the Chiefs beat the Rams either. Uh, I think, I think, I think I agree with Reese that the Rams lose to the Chiefs or the Bills. Well, the Rams lose to the Bills. That the Chiefs, I don't know. I think, yeah, the Rams might have lost to the Bills. I'll say this Rams only had a minute and a half more time of possession than the Bengals. They had the ball for 30 minutes, 47 seconds. Bengals had it for 29 minutes, 13 seconds. Yeah. So not too different. Very uh, telling. Yeah. Rams had two more turnovers and still won. Uh, Bengals didn't turn the ball over once, and Rams uh, had two turnovers, two interceptions thrown by your boy Matt Stafford. Um, how about how about Bryson Hopkins, four yeah. for 47? Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. When everybody in DFS had Kendall Blanton, I don't think he had a single reception. So, Yeah, I'll say this. Second matchup between the Cardinals and the Rams this season. Uh, you heard it here on the Average Football Enjoyers. Robbie said to start Bryson Hopkins over Kendall Blanton in DFS, and it worked that week. And we didn't talk about DFS. No, it didn't first. work that week. It didn't work that week. Oh, he did better than Kendall Blanton. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, he just didn't fire, but he did. Yeah, He got a catch, and Kendall Blanton didn't. Nice, Um, nice, nice. Nice, yeah. And uh, so the same thing would have happened in the Super Bowl. We didn't have, uh, you know, a DFS episode on that. But uh, we knew here at this episode that Bryson Hopkins was the man. It's so easy. You look at the athletic profile, and you look at the assignments that Kendall Blanton normally gets, which is just blocking. So – Obviously, he's not going to be the receiving guy. I saw an underdog. Yeah. His over-under for yards was like 40 yards receiving for kind wow. of – Wow. That I mean, all you had to do was com- – I mean, just go to the depth chart, look these players up, and Kendall Blanton has like a fifth percentile 40 time. You're like, okay, he's, he's their blocking tight end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like – not like we're, you know, geniuses. Yeah. We just literally dug like an inch deeper. So, well, no one else go. did. Yeah. Not even Vegas. I mean, <laughs> did we win money? Do we win money on underdog? I no, I got no, it was no, part because... of my four out of I got four out of five on my parlay. Jason, uh, I think I think um, I think Vegas probably did that because they assumed that the average football fan or better wouldn't do any research. You know, so they would immediately assume like, oh, he's the first guy up on the depth chart. Let's let's hammer the over on his yards or whatever, you know, whatever the bet is. Yeah. yeah. Everyone thinking they're clever. Oh, well, let me take the over on Kendall Blanton. He's still the Rams starting tight end. Yeah, that's true. But that's cool. just not clever enough to do <laughs> like a tad extra bit of research. No, no, no not at no. all. Now I'm going to go was, right here. Jason, can I, can we, can we keep going on this bit just for a second? Yeah. Okay. I was, I was going to say though, Reese, I'm not necessarily sure that just because we dug just a little deeper that we're any better off because I'm pretty sure none of us won any money. And the average dude who didn't win any money didn't put any time or research into it. And so who's better off? All right. Yeah, that's, that's, no, that's, you're, yeah, you're right. That's very true. Um, I did, I did not bet this game, but that is only because I have run dry my account and I didn't. Uh, I couldn't justify adding to it after my horrible display. Um, but if I had that, I 
definitely would have lost money. And yeah, you're right. I, I would have done a little bit more research than the average person, but still would have lost money. So yeah, but the average person doesn't have an Instagram Reels account or Spotify podcast or Twitter page called the average football enjoyers. Hey, that gives me True. a great idea. We need to, uh, in our reels, whenever one of us wins an underdog bet, we need to put it up. Yeah. And no, so like, really, like I mean, people would definitely it. follow that. Like I would follow that. No. Yeah. We're going off season. We're working on it. We're going multi-platinum. We're going oh, okay. YouTube videos. We're, we're sprucing it up. We're going to script out our shows, all that stuff. Maybe not script out, but at least outline it so we, you know, can spend the week discussing what we want to talk about, researching, coming off a little better than sometimes we do, but also still being the average football enjoyers. That's right. That's That's all we are. So I thought of a tangent that the Super Bowl has brought up, brings us right into fantasy football, and is probably going to be the main topic of this offseason, fantasy football and dynasty fantasy football in general. Now, this Super Bowl... The Rams featured three running backs, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle's gone. He's they signed him to a one-year deal. I imagine they don't sign him back. Um, but Daryl Henderson uh, was used early. Four carries for seven yards. Cam Akers, 13 carries for 21 yards, 1.6 average. Pretty mediocre, but I will say during this game, both rush defenses look pretty good. So, you know, not really going to hold it against it. But what do you guys think about Cam Akers going forward? And did the Super Bowl worry you a little bit, this performance? Uh, I Personally, the Super Bowl didn't bother me. Um, it's, it's a game, and it's scripted differently than regular season games, probably. Um, and he, he did so well in – the first playoff game that he played in and the second uh, he did okay in the second I know he had two fumbles but he he got the lion's share of the of the carries and the catches um that would make me a lot less worried than if he wouldn't have done that if if the other two games didn't go as as swimmingly as they did sure I'd be worried um but I think the game the game script for this one just maybe favored Daryl Henderson a little bit more um, I mean, Sonny Michelle didn't have a single catch. He had one carry. So obviously Michelle's not a threat either. Um, and just purely based on their profile and talent, he's way better than Henderson. So I'm not, I'm not worried about him. He's still, he's still solid. He's incredible. It will be the starter in Los Angeles next season. I, I believe I would put him at the bottom of tier two of dynasty running backs, uh, the, the, the top tier being Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, tier two being Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Antonio Gibson, and Cam Akers. That would be tier two. Uh, in his own tier three would be McCaffrey. So, you know, he's, uh, he's got like 90th percentile, everything, like adjusted speed score, you know, was great in college. What college did he go to, by Florida the way? State. Florida State. Okay, great. You got some uh, uh, some meaningless uh, precedent there with Dalvin Cook, um, and you know, 2020 wasn't awesome, but um, and you know, just the one game this year, <laughs> yeah, and then and then the injury. So, uh, you know, he's a buy low 
so to speak, uh, until that that first playoff game, like you uh, like you mentioned, Reese. I mean, I think that almost made him a sell <laughs> just because everyone's so hyped on him after that. Uh, but now he's kind of in that, you know, still that by low range all time. Uh, so, yeah, um, actually, that's something that I have the capability to do now is look up his uh, his value over the past year and a half. Sure. And while you look that up, uh, rest in peace to Odell Beckham's ACL. Uh, poor guy starts out hot, two catches, 52 yards and a touchdown. Third target, drops it, tears ACL. That's it. Um, fantasy purposes, those of you in Dynasty Leagues who still have him, turns into a hold. I imagine the Rams Correct. would sign him uh, for probably cheaper than they were going to had he continued to show up. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with Odell. Now we have this Cam Akers info. Oh, yeah, I, I do. I do have his uh, ranking all time. And uh, not to say I'm a genius or anything, but, yes, he is a buy low all time in the grand scheme of things. Let me go ahead. And uh, oh, host has disabled the screen sharing. So here's his dynasty value all time. So you see he had a little dip. Then, then his peak's kind of like right before this season, right? All the way up in 7,000. Uh, and so then, of course, a huge drop off after the injury. That was the time to buy, right? He was on our waiver wire in our league for a few weeks. I mean, that was just like, how did that happen? False. False. No, he was on our waiver wire. No, I, I dropped him for one week and then repicked him up because I had the number one claim. Yeah. Just, I, yeah. I drafted he, him, held him, dropped him Sunday morning after his game to clear up an IR spot because someone got hurt, then picked him up again the next waiver claim. Or you maybe got him, but then you dropped him and I picked him up immediately. He spent no time as like a free agent in our league. Don't shit talk our league. <laughs> I was just, okay, I, I didn't know all the context. Jeez, he was on our waiver wire and I picked him up and then I dropped him. So maybe I'm just saying I'm a moron. Um. Not, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's only a five keeper league at the time, so it wasn't exactly like true, true, true. Full dynasty, and he was, you know, he did have a huge drop off in value. But you know, then of course the first playoff game, he goes all the way back up to like fifty eight hundred, right? So yeah. that's technically like a sell at that very moment, you know, if you had hindsight. Uh, and now he's kind of leveled off, uh, kind of how he was exactly his value like as a rookie. So probably time to buy. Uh, because you know it, we do see his ceiling is RB two, RB three. So, what is a uh, Najee's value? Uh, great question. I'll pull is that top up. of that tier for you? I would say Najee uh, is just edging out Cam Akers at the current moment. Okay, so let's see what Najee's value is. Yeah, yeah, looking up now. Just you know, Najee, I think is just a bit more of a pass catching back uh, well Kim Akers had three catches 14 yards Super Bowl no yeah just a, I mean they're both receiving backs I'm curious to see we I mean we'll get into it a little bit more so I'll preface this uh since you brought up Najee Harris or do you have his value up yeah I do okay go but, ahead what's we'll the um it, it is more than Cam Akers for for context uh because it's just wait I wonder if you can put two players graphs together well you just said like cam makers was at five thousand about right. Najee. 
Yeah, so Najee's at sixty five hundred right now, right. but he's been up to eighty seven hundred, dude. Right. So I mean, like, that shows you can't make her ceiling. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Right. And so right. yes, he's still a buy low, but to put it in perspective, we're right. Right. If he got to Najee, yeah, mm-hmm. eighty five hundred, like mm-hmm. that's like that's awesome. Am I still sharing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, key trade cut sharing. is what we're using here. It's a website, basically. When you log in, if you have an account, it asks you to keep trade or cut a player, and that uses everyone's responses to generate uh, a score, and it creates a graph to see like how people are valuing their players, the users on this website, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I bring up Najee Harris. Well, you brought him up earlier in the tier list, and I think about it now, and I think it's a fun thing because um, we need to talk about coaching and schemes. It's something I find important. This will be our segue. I'm prepared to talk about coaches, by the way. Okay. So, sorry. This kind of has nothing to do with coaches, but kind of does. Now, the Steelers. We're talking about Najee Harris. Now, Ben Roethlisberger is known for dumping off to running backs. That's what he does. Does that mean that Najee Harris is a pass-catching running back, or does that mean that he was just getting Ben Roethlisberger's dump-offs? No, it means – he is actually a pass catching back. And that's why number one, why he's the Steelers running back. But number two, I mean, he had a 90th percentile college target share. Like he was getting uh, passes at Alabama too. I, I, maybe that's just Alabama scheme also, but he does it right. Like he, you know, he can catch it. Right. That's okay. why he's starting. So yeah, he's definitely a receiving back. That's also why he's ranked so high in dynasty. I mean, those are the players that last. Right. So, right. Otherwise you're just a bruiser and you're, you're going to get bruised. Right. So. Perfect. So we'll see what happens with Mason Rudolph under the helm. We'll get some predictions in on this episode. I believe the Steelers starting quarterback week one, 2022 to 2023 NFL season is Mason Rudolph. Rob, who's the Steelers starting quarterback week one? Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Yeah. No, it's, you know, it's not Rodgers. It's not Garoppolo, although I've heard Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. That would just be like, I just don't think any NFL front offices like want to commit to Garoppolo for like five years. That's a right? media I mean, thing. It's just a media thing. You They're think just, that, yeah, yeah, okay, just like just a, a fun way to get clicks, right? Just yeah. X quarterback goes to the Steelers. Well, they don't have like true intel. Like the like NFL teams aren't really sharing what they really are trying yeah. to do. Yeah. Like they're just saying, like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably on the market. Of course, these QB needy teams want him. And that's just yeah. speculation. That's what this journalism is, but there's nothing founded in it. Really, they're just saying really what they're saying is Jimmy Garoppolo is on the market and the Steelers might want him, which of course an NFL team is going to explore every option. If they need a position, yeah. so yeah. say Jason, I think that um, I think Dwayne Haskins is going to be their starter week one. Nice, Dwayne Haskins. Wow, yeah. I forgot he's on the roster, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he was actually. I think he actually made his way up to uh, second string, second to backup. Uh, I'm pretty sure he he jumped Mason Rudolph. I don't know if Mason Rudolph just got hurt or you know what the case was but i just remember hearing mike tomlin singing dwayne haskins praises so i that kind of stands out to me um and he was always really hesitant to praise mason rudolph 
Um, and for those reasons, I, I think it's going to end up being Haskins. I think they could definitely draft Pickett. Um, I just don't really know if I like Pickett as a week one starter, especially for a team that has two experienced uh, quarterbacks in Haskins and Mason Rudolph. I know they're not like superstar quarterbacks, but they're experienced enough to warrant them at least getting a chance um, to prove themselves, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So I think that's what, what's going to happen. Um, I don't know if Mason Rudolph is going to end up staying with the Steelers. Um, I think it's probably either him or a rookie. Um, I don't think that he stays if they draft a rookie because then they'd be paying uh, Haskins and Rudolph, and then they'd have to kick the can and eventually pay the rookie as well. So I think it's going to be either Haskins, Rudolph, and like maybe a, you know, undrafted free agent or somebody like that, or it's going to be Haskins and a rookie and, you know, X, Y, Z for the third string spot. So. Yeah, I like it. That's a, I, I, I definitely agree. It stays in house. I don't really think that they're really going to go out on the market. And, right. And even if they do, like, I just don't see Pickett. I don't see Pickett being the starter over Haskins or, or Rudolph. He's good, but he's not, he's not a day one NFL starter. I, I don't see it. So. I mean, what Steelers pick like 18th, maybe like 20th. Um, and that's just guessing because they were the seventh seed. I haven't looked at the actual number. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and pull that up the draft order, but either way, I mean, off the top of my head, the Steelers roster is probably only needy at quarterback, no matter what. They might go offensive line, but I, I feel like no matter what, they draft QB. Rob? So these are the – as of February 5th, this is a, this is a charlotteobserver.com article of 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers' next quarterback odds. Mm -hmm. um, this was as of February 5th, and they do list that these are – not uh, bettable lines. These are their team's projected lines uh, based on, you know, basically their inferences. Uh, so uh, tied for the top four is at plus 700 is Mason Rudolph, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, and Sam Howell. Okay. So they're tied for the, for the odds to be. There's four tied. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not so, only are they tied, they're tied at plus 700. Well, what yeah. there's – We what have no idea what's going to happen. Holy cow. What they're That's saying crazy. is – What they're saying is that they think it's going to be Mason Rudolph or whatever second QB is available. Yeah. They, they are saying that Malik Willis will be gone. So that's interesting. I can't believe Haskins is that far down the list. That's yeah. Yeah, but maybe that's just because – they're assuming third string and you're assuming second string. I mean, flip that and Haskins is number one. I mean, well, Haskins makes a lot of sense. It's like a weird thing against him. Like it was character, but that can, I mean, if yeah. anybody could save Dwayne Haskins, it would be Mike Tomlin. I think he would get to Dwayne Haskins a lot easier than, um, yeah. than Ron Rivera would, or, uh, I, was it, was it Ron Rivera or was it, um, uh, Gruden. I think it was Ron Rivera. I mean, Ron Rivera is a pretty old conservative coach, and I think he's like very set in his ways. So, I, I dude, I could totally see Tomlin saving him. So he has 
never had a QBR above 50 in eight games. And so it, I would think that's why he's not – I mean, he's their first rounder – or the as Washington first rounder. Oh, yeah, he was terrible. He was terrible. Um, so, so how does he go from re- being Washington's first rounder in 2019 to now? How did he get to the Steelers? It wasn't because he was terrible, because they didn't even have enough time to, to really figure out if he was terrible. I mean, eight games is not even a full season. Usually a first-round pick is going to get more than eight games to prove himself um it was the off the field stuff um oh I think what happened off the field it was this I'm, game right here uh I'm the pretty, seattle game it was yeah he took a selfie uh coming off the field after they lost um he like took a selfie with a fan like with his own phone or something and that was the boiling point oh yeah strip club after loss that was the boiling point of like multiple small instances and then yeah this i think the strip club like really sealed the deal and i'm pretty sure washington ended up just cutting him and not even you know trying to trade him i mean at that point there's not a lot of trade value anyways because i mean you saw the eight game numbers those are those are terrible um but yeah yeah no it was and he literally was quoted uh in the locker room after that seattle game saying like you know i don't know why we lost like i played a great game like it was (laughs) yeah he did. He had 300 yards. He completed 38 passes. Yeah, he was like, like I like, and so like I guess the locker room didn't like that. They just dropped him. Yeah, like he was out. So I mean, okay, yeah. okay, and he played in 2019 also. He, I didn't realize he's been in the league that long. Yeah, he's yeah. only 24. He's only 24 because he went yeah, out he's early super from young. Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, like, did. that's an option. Like, everyone's, like, circulating, like, these players like Carson Wentz and Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Fitzpatrick when there's players like Gardner Minshew and Dwayne Haskins and others probably that are, you know, pretty interesting. I still think Josh Rosen hasn't been given a fair second chance or maybe third chance. Uh, He's been kind of only on shitty organizations. Uh, I would like to see him on a good team. Like, I mean, there's a reason he was drafted in the first round, I think. I think it was. I don't know. I see Jason. I love. I love to give him the benefit of the doubt because I like Josh Rosen. But I think by now, if he was good, we would know. Um, I think it's a little early to say that about Haskins, but Rosen is like twenty six or twenty seven, right? Like he's been in the league for a long time. But look at his situations. He was drafted by Arizona, didn't do well. Next season, they got the first overall pick and drafted Kyler Murray. Just gave up on him. Was sent to Dolphins. Didn't get to start for the Dolphins because they got Ryan Fitzpatrick. Then they drafted Tua. Then they dropped him. Then he just got picked up around random places. He ended up on the Patriots when Tom Brady was there. Got dropped. Ended up on the Falcons now behind Matt Ryan. Like, I mean, he hasn't had a chance. (laughs) All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, if he was, if he was even slightly good, um, he would have 100% been given the chance to take that job from Ryan Fitzpatrick who was literally there just to be a backup and ended up being a starter by default. I think he would have proved himself there if he was going to do it. Um, and, and they ended up getting Tua, which, you know, I'm really low on Tua, um, which just kind of tells you what they thought about, about Rosen and Fitzpatrick. So sure. I, I don't, I'm not sure that I'm ready to, or that I'm still willing to like wait on him to, to break out. I don't think it's going to happen. That's fair. Whatever. But I do, but I do completely agree with you that his situations have been very, uh, very different than most first-round quarterback um, paths, and he and he hasn't gotten a, sh- a super fair shake um, 
but I, I still don't think that he really ever will break out. That's fair. I'll accept it. Um, I mean, yeah, so we've got this quarterback carousel right now. Uh, here's Wait, Jason. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, I have some good some good content here. Perfect. By the way, Dwayne Haskins' uh, court, quarterback rating in college was 90th percentile. So here's a fun uh, article from Player Profiler in 2019. A giant decision, okay, Giants, next quarterback. Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray? Like, this is the, this is the type of players – Dwayne Haskins was in the conversation with. He was. He was definitely. De- he was deservedly in that conversation. Yeah. He was. He was awesome. He was so college. good. He yeah. had awesome. forty-eight hundred yards in fourteen games at Ohio State with a hundred seventy-four quarterback rating that season. And and dude, twelve touchdowns. Here, let me just share my screen because this is kind of this is kind of crazy. Um, how do I share my screen? It's gonna be re- it's gonna be really quick, I promise. Oh. <laughs> okay. Look, twelve touchdowns to fourteen interceptions, and in, what is that? Thir- Sixteen games. That's not that bad, man. That's definitely not bad enough to warrant him never being given a chance to start again. That's not yeah. bad. Those yeah. are not bad numbers. Those are those are rookie numbers trying to figure it out. Plus, quarterback in a terrible, terrible yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, in Washington numbers. I mean, he's got to, he's got to have another chance. If you give him a coach that can really get to him, like Mike Tomlin can with players, dude, I I don't, I don't see how he couldn't end up being a starter. I don't see it. Well, he probably won't because that's how the NFL works. But yeah, I agree with all of this conversation. I think Dwayne Askins is a ripple that hasn't been talked about a lot, actually. I completely yep. forgot when you brought it up. I, I raised my eyebrow. I really like, I, I like that as an option for the Steelers. And I mean, they're not even worried Yeah. So I was going to say they're not even, so let me finish this thought. They're not even worried about Ben Roethlisberger retiring. They've got it. They're either going to get someone in the first round or they're just going to roll it out. And they're going to have another season where they might roll into the seventh seed because let's yep. be honest, Ben Roethlisberger wasn't even a world beater this year. So they don't need anything great. They just yep. need someone. And so they're not super worried. They really aren't. And it's probably all talk. Um, We have seven minutes left in this call. So I have a thing. I'm just going to put this here so I know for my editing. Before you you move on, Jason, I just want to hammer this home. Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins is not much worse than Ben Roethlisberger in 2021. Not much worse. So I agree with everything you just said. I, I don't think they're worried about it. And I don't even think that there's really any pressure on them to draft the quarterback because mm-hmm. there are so many options that are cheap and free and it doesn't cost them a first round pick that they could use on a superstar talent at any other position. Um, I, I just, Great I point. like their, I like the position they're in. So I, I love everything you just said about them. Yep. Yep. So Steelers, I, and, and they just signed. So we're going to talk about it later. We're going to be talking about the coaches hiring, but they just got linebackers coach. What a great locker room presence on a struggling linebacker court. Um, so I'm excited to see it. We have another call that we have to look forward to. We've got tons to talk about. Okay. So we're back. 
and we're kind of just talking. I'd like to say before we move on to the outlook of the next season, I would like to point out one great thing from last season. Just one thing, and I want us all to remember that the record for the longest field goal, 66 yards by Justin Tucker, was kicked this last football season. So let's remember that. It was an awesome kick. So, yeah, well done. I, but I think he got like a, he got an NFL MVP like award at the award ceremony, right? Maybe. I don't know. I think he got like most like memorable play. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like the memorable play. That was the award. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, awesome stuff. Awesome, awesome stuff. Great football season. And that football season, has led us to the NFL draft. Now, I don't really want us to go into a crazy, crazy draft episode here. There's no reason to do so. Um, But I do maybe, do you guys think you both have maybe formed opinions on maybe a couple things about like this draft? Um, Like maybe the draft class. Rob, you're saying. Yeah, I've got some quarterback opinions for sure. I know, Rob. Let's just broadly talk about you know, this subject. I honestly haven't done much research, so I'm going to let you guys lead most of it and I'll chime in where I feel appropriate. Um, I'll preface it. My thoughts on this is it's for me and I'll get shit on this all the time. uh, And I feel like Robbie might be prepared to argue, Um, but I'm a scheme guy. And so it's very hard for me to talk about how players, like how good players are before they know, before I know where they end up. Um, Okay, name three schemes. What do you mean? <laughs> like a West Coast offense, um, the Ravens, like basically running like <laughs> the, Ravens. The, Ravens. the Lamar Jackson scheme, <laughs> or you the have like Bruce Arians just fucking air it out, or yeah, you have the air raid in Arizona. Okay, uh, so your so your big declaration was that players just do better on different teams? Yeah, it's not a big declaration. I'm just saying it's hard to discuss how good a player is going to be before I see where they're at. I That's think fair. That's fair, like, but I, really in the in the draft process, you're just kind of like scouting talent and you can't really that's not really a fact oh, yeah that's fair that's why i haven't i i don't like to do a ton of research like i'm i'm writing up a mock draft write up for player profiler right now um that is looking <clears> at you know essentially how people value talent because they're doing a fantasy football draft before even knowing what team these guys are on right. um, so it's it's interesting to see for sure and um in the end talent what did you say matter. Wouldn't you say that Derrick Henry or Cooper Cup or Najee Harris or Dalvin Cook or name any superstar from the past, you know, five seasons, it didn't matter what team they went to, right? It did because Cooper Cup was only a superstar when Matthew Stafford was throwing in the ball, not Jared Goff. Uh, hold on a second. Cooper Cup was good, but he wasn't a superstar. He was not a superstar. Definitely he was drafted in like the fifth and sixth round of the fantasy. Right. Class. Definitely a... not a superstar, but but does that mean that it was Jared Goff's fault, or does that mean that he just hadn't broken out yet? He was he 29 was this year. It was definitely Jared Goff's fault. <laughs> Matthew he's Stafford. 20, hey, hey, he's 28. 
and he had he had an 869 yard five touchdown rookie season that's not bad yeah that's in not terms bad. Of, in terms of a rookie season <laughs> that's that's a rookie that you would think going into the next season like oh we need to draft this guy really high he's going to break out i mean he's going to have a really good second season I think he got hurt in his second season. He only yeah, played eight I mean, games. He's kind of been battling injuries, but still, it was because of Jared Goff. He had Jared 600 Goff. yards in eight games in his second year, so that's not bad either. That's not bad, but if that was Matthew Stafford, it would have been 1,000 yards. He had 1,000 yards. He, a... he, he yards and 10 touchdowns with Jared Goff, though. That was his first fully healthy season and only 1,000 yards. This year, he got a triple crown. <laughs> Yeah, but that's I, I think that's an anomaly though, right? Like it, even as even the best superstar receivers don't typically go for nineteen hundred yards. Like twelve hundred yards is really good for even for a superstar. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, maybe. It wasn't like his like value he's not doing up. he's not doing fifteen hundred again. That's not happening. And he's got nineteen hundred this year. You all right, you don't think Cooper Cup gets fifteen hundred again? No, no chance. He put First of all, he only plays for three more seasons. Second of all, Robert Woods and OBJ probably play all season next it's, year. It's not like Cooper Cup's target share went up when Robert Woods went down. He yeah, was, that's true. That's true. Early season as he was end of season. That's true. Um, he was just a dog. All I just season. don't see Got it. That dog in him. <laughs> um, but so anyway, that's a fun tangent. We'll never know. Yeah, you know, these are what if scenarios. I think they're fun. Well, we'll know. We'll know in three years when he retires if he ever went for fifteen hundred again. He'll definitely go for over fifteen hundred again unless he gets injured. Matthew Stafford throws for too many yards to not get his main receiver fifteen hundred. Um, at least a good one. Let's talk about this draft, Rob. I know you're eager to talk about it. Just go. Just let wild. I mean. I- I think, you know, the best running back in the class is Brees Hall from Iowa State. Uh, He's been hyped up even before this season. So one of those guys that is perennially considered a top prospect, uh, those usually pan out in the NFL. So Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, you know, I don't know about who I think is going to be the 101. I think Aiden Hutchinson would be, a mistake at the one-on-one. I don't think that he is of the Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa type. I think he's more like a Sam Hubbard, uh, you know, very, very good player. But do you take him with the one-on-one? I don't know. You could probably, if you want a D end, uh, you know, you could trade back and get Kayvon Thibodeau at 1.06 or, or, or 108 and, and probably get a, a second first rounder, you know? So that this isn't a quarterback class where people are desperately trading up to the 101, but uh, but I, I still think that this may be one of those drafts where you look back in hindsight and we're like, I'm glad we, we traded down. Mm-hmm. I think I can probably agree with that. And as a Michigan fan, even agree with the Aiden Hutchinson, not true 101. I mean, he's good, but I can't say for sure that he's two rounds better than David Ajabo, um, who was – just as talented, um, for like and productive as on Michigan's team as Hutchison was, maybe a few less sacks, but just as good, really. And he'll probably go third or fourth round. 
so it's hard to say that he's the number one best player in this entire draft. It really is. Um, it's probably like, I would like to see the Jags just go get Evan Neal. Um, I was going to say Evan Neal to me seems like a good one. Agreed. Just do Agreed. it. Like, Agreed. Uh, just get Evan Neal. Trevor two, Lawrence, two. worst season ever. Literally the worst quarterback season ever. So give him a fucking offensive lineman. <laughs> yep. You know, he's six seven. He's like 350 pounds. And, you know, there's a lot of players you don't necessarily want to take just because they played at Alabama. Because that's, you know, it's cliche one, and that's lame. But two, it, it, <clears throat> I don't think I've seen any data that Alabama players, you know, on average perform any better than their uh, counterparts at other schools. But, um, you know, the one position you do want to take an Alabama player is offensive line. Yep. Because they're battling, you know, against SEC trenches all the time. And so if they can, which are the best, I mean, that's the best, you know, line versus line play has got to be the SEC. And so, you know, he's protecting, you know, Mac Jones, who had phenomenal seasons, Bryce Young, who just won the Heisman. I mean, this is a proven top tier talent. And he's been proven it for six years. So, uh, To hammer home, I've looked up. This is apparently something I'll look up, but I'm going to talk about it even more through the rest of this episode. Spotrack has tracked the prospective 2022 NFL free agents. Talking about Aiden Hutchinson at the number one. Number one overall pick when you also need offensive line. Sure, you need an edge, but also you need offensive line if you're the Jaguars. These are some of the defensive ends you can get in the market. Dante Fowler. Calais Campbell, Jason Pierre-Paul, Akeem Hicks, Jadavian Clowney, Emmanuel Ogba, William Golston, <laughs> fucking Tacarus McKinley. Holy shit. Uh, Justin Houston's down here. Um, uh, Everson Griffin, uh, pretty old. But, I mean, do you really need to build, like, get a young DN, really? I don't, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I agree with that. Like how much better would, would rookie Aiden Hutchinson be over Dante Fowler? Right. And how much better is, is Aiden Hutchinson than uh, Thibodeau Thibodeau? Uh, Right. Like, so. Yeah. And I bet you can either get Nick or Joey Boza for the one Oh one plus just a couple more picks. You know what I mean? Like maybe I don't know. Not with this draft class. I don't think either the Niners or the Chargers really need anyone that they would go get with the 101. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, would you trade? Let me ask you this. Would you trade um, Evan Neal and uh, and a second rounder for one of the Boses? Easy. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So maybe I just don't understand player value like that inherently. I mean – you're talking about the Bosa's who are awesome and epic. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a like that's a almost get you into a playoffs based on one player alone type of person. Yeah, and no offensive lineman is ever worth that. They're great. I I disagree. I disagree. Whitworth I just retired. He's not the reason the Rams got to the Super Bowl. I don't think so either. But I don't think Whitworth was like even a top three tackle. Um, I I don't know if Evan Neal is going to be as good as a one hundred and one should be. But like Panay Sewell, 
is is a superstar tackle and he's he's guarding or he's blocking the quarterback's blind side like that's and what, that, and what does that do for the lions that's just as valuable as um as having a, a star end or an edge rusher yeah but but what has that done for the lions what has Panay Sewell done for well what it what it is ezekiel ansa do for the lions when he had 15 plus sacks you know in a season he didn't that didn't change the team either well no it, i mean of course, of course they need more than than an edge player or an, or a line player to be a, a playoff team. I don't think that Nick Bosa was really the reason why the 49ers were in the playoffs either. Um, I, I mean, he was a good player, but. No, but I mean, he was the reason the 49ers defense was good. Name another player on the 49ers defense. Fred Warner's pretty good, yeah. but he's not, he doesn't get sacks. Sacks are another. important. Jamie Tart dropped the game winning interception. So, and. Or whatever his name is. His name actually Jamie Jaquiski. Like Jaquiski. Yeah, Jaquiski Tart. Jamie is from Ted Lasso. Oh, okay, okay, Jaquiski. Yeah. Oh, that's that's uh, different than Jamie. Yep. Um, I was gonna say, uh, AFC Offensive Rookie of the Year was Rashawn Slater, uh, left tackle for for Justin Herbert and the and the Chargers. Uh, so you know, left and tackle. It, it, it wasn't. And he should have been. He, he should have been a very big reason why they made the playoffs. It wasn't Jamar Chase. Uh, let me confirm. They just do like, like for the like they give offensive rookie of the year to Jamar Chase, and then like give the conference one to this offensive lineman. No, oh. I'm pretty sure Jamar Chase was offensive rookie of the year for the AFC. Yeah, he was. So what did I? You, you might have been he, reading like the team. Well, maybe he was just like in in like top two. You said he was the conference rookie of the year, which maybe like they do like a, I don't I don't know, but. Uh, well, I can't even name one player that the Raiders or Broncos. Oh, actually, no. Patrick Sertain was really good for the Broncos, so I guess I can name one player that the Broncos drafted this season. Mm-hmm. He was really good, yeah. but not as good not as good or important as uh, yeah. What's his name? The Chargers tackle. Yeah. True. And the Chargers also got Asante Samuel Jr., which was a hit. They did it. They had a good big hit for sure. Projecting up. Uh, Reese, do you have any thoughts on this draft? Uh, No, other than just echoing the fact that this is a bad quarterback draft class. Um, I don't see any of these players being superstars. Um, I, I follow a guy. I don't know if I should, I guess I can give him a shout out because. He's, he's the reason why I know anything about this draft class. But uh, this guy named Marcus Whitman, who does like really in-depth analysis of each draft class. And um, basically he thinks that like the surefire bet is Malik Willis, but even yeah. his ceiling, but even his ceiling like isn't super high. Um, and in terms of ceiling, I think it's probably, it probably goes to Matt Corral. Um, but other than that, it, I, I just don't really like the class. I don't really even like those two either. Malik Willis is okay, but or what I've seen of Malik Willis is okay, but I don't, I agree with Marcus Whitman in that he's probably not got a great ceiling. Um, So yeah, I just, when a quarter, when a, when a draft class is a bad quarterback draft class, that usually means that it's smart to trade down. Um, And I agree with what you guys said and where this is like probably the, the prime year for somebody to trade down from 101 rather than teams to trade up to 101 or close to 101. Usually teams don't trade up to 101, but they'll trade up to like 103 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I don't like this this class very much. Uh, Brees Hall is a beast. He's awesome. Um, 80th percentile target share. 
college target share, that's incredible. But who's drafting a quarterback with a top even 30 pick? Besides running back? Or, yeah, running back. And besides the Chiefs who are stupid and wasted their first-round <laughs> pick two years ago. Yeah, Brees Hall is a great prospect, but there's – you know, there's a, probably a few uh, cheaper options with similar, uh, you know, projected. Uh, I mean, but, Falcons need a running back desperately. Yeah, but you can't. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I'll be so pissed if we go running back in the first three rounds. Like, we're, like Three we're, rounds? We're, yeah, same. Quarter is plenty good. We're three rebuilding. rounds. Yeah, three rounds. We're rebuilding. We can't go running back. That's you go running back when you're on win now. That's our head coach's main need. Like, our, our head coach's scheme is play-action offense. We can't have a shit running back. Anybody <laughs> cannot get the ball. No, one, no defense is going to Anybody bite. can fake a handoff. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, okay, I, I look. No, no linebacker is going to bite on a play-action for Mike Davis. But, no, but Corderell Patterson, though. Who's not even on the roster. But we're resigning him, 100%. Maybe. Who knows? They need a running back. I mean, maybe not with the eighth overall pick, but need need a running back. Yes, yes. need a running back. Like a forty third pick, get like no. a Don Haskins or someone. No, uh, need, whatever. I agree that we need one, but I don't think they need one in the first three rounds. They do, yeah, and it's gonna happen. I hate to break. What it. about what about name? I'll name a few players you can get for cheaper than the first three rounds: Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, Marlon Mack. Right, James Conner. I like more serviceable players. I mean, JD McKissick. Ooh, I would love JD McKissick. These are serviceable players. Even Ty Montgomery would be. I I never said that you couldn't get a serviceable running back. Here we go, Chase Edmonds. I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying the Falcons need a (laughs) Derrick Henry. I'm saying the Falcons need a Derrick Henry to be successful. And you can't uh, get a Derrick Henry in the fourth round. Of course, you can get a Raheem Mostert in the fourth round. You can get a Raheem Mostert in the fucking. No, no, I'm talking about you can get them as free agents and yeah. not have to spend any of your picks. But no. eh. but maybe they... Sony Michelle. I'll take Sony Michelle. Maybe Sony Michelle and draft someone in the third because there's this strong running back class. Man, are we Falcons fans or what? Falcons fans are def- or Falcons fans are needing and wanting a wide receiver at number eight. I hope we get neither. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want a receiver either. Okay. I would. I would take. I would take Trey Lombards. It's a wide receiver. You yeah. would take him. You would be. Would you'd be him. okay with the a yeah. generational receiver yes. at, I would at take what, him. the fifteenth pick or whatever eight. the eighteenth pick. Eight. We have eight. Oh, okay. We have eight. That's, we actually, could get him. that's actually much better than I thought. We could. Get we, him. Could, we could definitely get him. So uh, I'd be ha- I'd be pretty happy about that. Yeah, I'm not sure that there's a lot of line players that would still be left, and I think our biggest hole is on offensive and defensive line that we could justify spending that pick on them. Where'd he go? I don't know. Uh, you, I think Robert may have lost his uh his Wi-Fi. Um, predictions here. Oh no, he's back. He's back. Okay, I'll wait until he fully loads in. I have insider information. I know what the Falcons are picking at number eight, and I know what the Falcons are picking at number 43. The Falcons are picking Brees Hall at number eight, and the Falcons are picking Jamison Williams at 43. 
dot 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 that's it that's what they told me terry okay terry told me all right so here's the i'd be happier if we I'd be happier if we drafted Jameis in the first Jameson in the first round and tr- and a running back in the second round than I would for that. Yeah, fair, whatever. <laughs> I'd be like, so mad if we drafted like, a running back in the first round. I like Breesaw, but um, there's just too many good running backs. Yeah, it's a strong card. Well, and just in the NFL already. I mean, like they're they're in terms of if players were just assets, they're the most disposable like assets. Jason, um, you know who had a higher yard per carry than uh, Derrick Henry this year? A lot of players. Derrick Henry doesn't have a high yard per carry. Don't look, don't look very far for the answer. I mean, I would go with like maybe fucking like Devontae Freeman had a higher yards per carry. Deontay Foreman did. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. So who's to say that Arthur Smith, the running back's whisperer, couldn't coach up a running back to have a high yard per carry or a high success rate, it, despite them not being as physically talented as Derrick Henry. I mean, they could, but there's a, there's just there's just a difference between Derrick Henry and a Deontay Foreman. Or my- yeah, but but there's also a difference between Derrick Henry and really like any other running back we've seen in yep. the last ten years. Generational. That's true. So, it's I mean, it, it's it might not happen for a long time that a running back gets 2000 yards or whatever Henry got in his best year. I can't believe we took, we took Arthur Smith after he had Derrick Henry's career season. Like, yeah, we oh, he's such a, such a good uh, play action coach. Yeah. yeah. That's like, that's like trading for Matt Ryan after his MVP season. Yeah. Which he ne- like he never recreated it, never had a similar level of play. That's Shanahan. like, it's like spending your entire capital on Matt Ryan after his best season ever. Like it's just dumb. Julio Jones, twenty-eight year old season, twenty-seven year old. Like well, yeah. next season. I, I, yeah. I'll say I'll say this: Arthur Smith did a great job. I sure. Really Look, I don't know. I literally I, don't know about him. I literally thought the Falcons would end up with the number one overall pick. Me too. I was I was <laughs> impressed. Like, first talk sucks. It's so boring. We yeah. know nothing about any of these coaches at all, other yeah. than the records. Like we know true. absolutely nothing. It's true. It's so. It's but here I have something fun, actually fun. Do you have your copy about. pasta in front of you? What makes a good coach, Rob? I actually, yeah, yeah I, I, I did, I did, I did, I did. And say it, it to is, the camera. What makes a good fucking coach? So, so I, so I don't have the same one, but I did find some a similar language that I think is good. So one, he obviously, you know, he has to be able to command the respect of the players, right? The players need to respect him. Uh, and, and I'm generally not a, not a big proponent of that word, uh, but I think it does make sense in this scenario. Um, he needs to be detailed in the playbook, right? If he needs to be, if he's the one calling the plays or he's the one he's designating to call the plays, needs to be, you know, on top of the most advanced, right, uh, and and positively, uh, game. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You got to call the right plays, or 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 choose the guy who's smart enough to do that. And then he he has to, you know, he can't really accept a losing culture. Uh, so <laughs> those are those are good uh, things. But and and if that's what we're going off of, things that you can't measure at all. If that's the like 
most effective tactic for coaches for picking coaches, then this is just the most pointless conversation ever. But yep. we can, we can measure players. We yeah. literally measure their abilities. And so it's much better to talk about. Um, and, and here's one, here's a fun one. So keep trade cut has the regular dynasty rankings and they also have their development player rankings. So like, you know, pre NFL players, um, the current rankings. Um, can I share a screen? Yeah. Oh, do I have to enable it again? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Uh, one second, one second. I zoomed been too far. Okay. Still zoomed in too far. Sorry about that. Excuse me. I'm about to do it. I'm going to have to cut this. I'm sorry. Cut this, cut this. Cut this out. Okay. Ready? So these are the rankings for development quarterbacks right now. Um, and so way ahead in the top is Bryce Young. Uh, oh. So that would kind of give you the, the vibe that if you're waiting on your franchise quarterback, there he is um, in the current, everyone's current viewpoint. Um, Matt Corral, 6,600 and Sam Howell right after him. And then a huge drop off, almost half the value, Malik Willis. And, Dude, and DJ it. is so bad. I can't believe DJ is at four. DJ is so bad. Yeah, I bet he is. Uh, I bet he's down a lot. Let's look at his chart. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he was up to 9,600 <laughs> tied with Bryce Young, right? And you know what? You know what that date was? September 16th. That was the day before Clemson played Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then it's just down from there. Yeah. So, so we'll see. Yeah, very, very interesting, those charts. Those are, like, my favorite thing now. Yeah, I like, I like the charts. Those are cool. I didn't, what's that website called? KeepTradeCut.com. Before we so fully guess, move on. I guess on, I should make a profile. Yeah, I'm going to make one, too. Uh, before we fully move on from coaches, a good head coach is positive, enthusiastic, supportive, trusting, focused, goal-oriented, knowledgeable, observant, respectful, patient, adaptable, and a clear communicator. That's Very important. And the adaptable was an addition, yes. uh, but which I totally agree with because the game is ever-changing. The player personnel is ever-changing, right? You have to be adaptable, which means you got to be quick. And you've got to have the right people around you too, which again, in my opinion, is the most important thing a head coach can do is choose the right personnel because there's so many aspects of the game. There's billions of aspects of the game. And so you just have to pick the right people to met, to do their things and choose their right people. And, and then when you actually get down to the people doing the things, yeah, which are the players still, still just the players, right? right. These are all just your people instructing the players. Well, to give two examples on two different sides, you can be adaptable in two different ways, I think, and they're both very important. The Ravens coach, John Harbaugh, uh, adaptable in drafting Lamar Jackson and then changing your team to fit Lamar Jackson and developing your scheme around him instead of continuing to run him into a Joe Flacco-built scheme. Uh, or Sean McVay, 
who was adaptable in realizing that Jared Goff didn't fit his scheme as much as he wanted him to. And Matthew Stafford fit his scheme much better and did what he wanted to accomplish. So he asked his GM and all the people in the front office to go acquire the guy that can, uh, you know, make him a Super Bowl champion. But Matt Stafford's just better than Jared. Like, that's not like a scheme thing. I'm just, I'm going to challenge you on the scheme thing because you're not being detailed enough. What do you mean? You're just saying players fit coaches' schemes. Yeah. (laughs) How so? How does Matt Stafford? Matthew Stafford's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. Exactly. Sean McVay's scheme better. Yeah. Well, what do you, of course. He has a stronger arm because he throws deeper passes. He has a stronger arm because he throws. That's not a scheme thing. That's Uh, just. Well, uh, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Matthew Stafford is the best quarterback at the league at throwing no look passes. Sean McVay is famous for drawing up routes that are more, that are more technical than other like teams. Like they are more built on developing a route and getting open in space. And Matthew Stafford can throw the ball to the space while making defenders think that he's going to another direction. Jared Goff couldn't do that. Jason, I've got a perfect Instagram reels clip for you regarding the Super Bowl, And I forgot to mention it earlier. Um, but just to break up this argument because it's going nowhere and you're both idiots. Yeah. Um, this was, and I, I discussed this with my dad. He, he brought this point to me and I agree with him completely. This was the most single, most plastic Super Bowl winning season slash winning team ever. Can you think of a more plastic Super Bowl champion? They traded for a quarterback. Yeah. They traded for a defensive end. They traded for blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, their whole team was either a free agent signing or a trade. They've got, they had Cooper Cup that they drafted, sure, four or five years ago, and he broke out, you know, three years ago. But other than that, it's all free agent signings and it's all traded players that are making, that made the difference for uh, the, for the Rams. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, like, it's it's hard. I mean, I, I don't really know what you would do. I mean, obviously, you would rather trade for Jalen Ramsey than take a chance on drafting a cornerback. Obviously, yeah, you'd rather sure. sign Von Miller than take a chance on drafting a linebacker. And in their defense, Cam Akers was hurt. It's not like they meant to go sign Sony Michelle. Like, they would have rather rolled out their draft pick Cam Akers. Yeah, I, I don't have anything against the, the running back stuff or Odell and it's not and it's not that I fault them for it it's you know I don't think it's like they had a less valuable championship run I mean it it still takes a lot of effort to get all those players on the same roster in the same season Mm -hmm. it's just that emotionally um it I find it hard to become attached to that team whereas the Bengals were you know this underdog team who drafted a quarterback and you know, had all these cool players break out like T Higgins and uh, what's Trey Hendrickson who have been there for a little while. Um, and Robbie brought up the point, you know, the bucks were plastic last season. I agree to a degree or to an extent, obviously Bruce Arians and Tom Brady made a huge difference and Rob Gronkowski, but like seeing Mike Evans go for eight seasons in a row for over a thousand yards and finally getting a, a, a championship out of it was so satisfying that was so satisfying for me and even Chris Godwin who I love as a receiver um even though I'm a Falcons fan uh seeing him able to win a championship was so fun and that made it less in my opinion less plastic that's fair I mean 
you know, it, it's hard to say what what you should do. I mean, it's definitely more respectable to use, I guess, the players that you build. No, 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 no. I don't want to go that route. I'm not saying it's not respectable because I, I don't agree with that at all. I, I, I'm just saying that it's not as emotionally um, – it doesn't grab you emotionally. And plus the Rams are known for like having a really, really small fan base. There was nobody at the parade because they just moved back there. Like that's, I'm not saying it makes it worse or less respectable than any other team winning. I'm just saying uh, it, it didn't feel as emotional. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, they still won a Super Bowl. It's still, it's still an incredible achievement. Yeah, it is. Uh, I and they know. may win another one. I'll maybe concede on the Matthew Stafford. I mean, Matthew Stafford's just playing better than Jared Goff, you know. But also, well, he's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. Yeah, easily. He so I mean, it's it's hard to say really that he fits the scheme better too. But I mean, there's also clearly different styles of quarterbacks as well. Like just because yeah. one is more skilled doesn't mean that they're just that that that's it. Like yeah, Lamar Jackson's better than Jared Goff, but I don't think the Rams win the Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson this year you know, something like that, or they don't win the Super Bowl with, they might, uh, they would win it with Tom Brady, obviously, but like Matt Ryan, for example, very good quarterback. They probably don't get it done like they do with Matthew Stafford. They're just different things, you know? Yep. Um, I would love to have, it sounds like we're going to have to have a scheme versus just pure athleticism episode. <laughs> to see how it goes. Cause I mean, you see it, like I said, the Ravens adapted to use their strengths of athleticism and Lamar Jackson or Bill Belichick has run the same Patriots team for 25 years or whatever, you yeah. know, uh, and has started to, you know, uh, now that Tom Brady's gone, just kind of just, just sputter, you know, just kind of be there and they're good. They'll win their games, but it's also just beatable at the same time. Uh, yep. The jury's still out, but to completely dismiss the idea that scheme is important is stupid. And to completely dismiss the idea that athleticism is important is stupid. Um, but nobody's maybe we're all saying stupid. that scheme. Nobody says. I know, I know, I know. But it's like we're. I think what we need to find is that balance and show what it is. And it's uh, you want to find the balance between an athlete going to the right team. Like you could have Kenny Pickett for some reason. The Falcons could draft him at number eight. All of a sudden, Kenny Pickett is valueless because he's sitting behind Matt Ryan for a year. Maybe not valueless, but completely cheap because you don't have a year of using it. Uh, he's developing. But right now, like if you have a dynasty draft right now, Kenny Pickett's super valuable. But it, it just like it's so much can change depending on where a player goes. And so it's, it, you know, it, it, it's important. It is important to talk about the scheme. It really is. Um, we've got two minutes in this call. Shall I create a one short one just for to, to wrap it up? Sure. Yeah, I was going to say that, that this is my uh, probably my last call, but I, if you want to do a wrap-up call, that's fine. Cool. We talked about schemes and players, whatever. We've got an off-season ahead of us. We'll probably have a draft episode. We'll have our episode, I guess, now debating scheme and everything. Um, and we'll have our post-draft episode, and we'll have all of this stuff coming your way. But I want to get some speculation. I want to know who you guys think wins next year's Super Bowl. No strings attached. Who wins next year's Super Bowl? Reese. Kansas City Chiefs. Robbie. 
I have absolutely no idea. Uh, Reese, why do the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Uh, because they have the best quarterback and coach combo in the league. Rob, who wins the Super Bowl? All right, on, on that logic, I mean, I kind of agree. You kind of just got to go by the best quarterback, and that's Josh Allen. Okay. So, Bills? Talk about somebody who should go receiver. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, replace well, Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley and – uh, well, Cole Beasley had Cole Beasley is a pretty pretty good tool, but um, you know it's they probably want to get rid of him so bad because of all the anti-vax stuff. They're probably so tired of having him on their roster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I agree. I'm so I think the Bills won the Super Bowl as well. That's who I'm. I've got my pick as the Bills. I cool. I feel, feel like it's their year, or they make the Super Bowl and lose in classic Bills fashion. Was that four in a row? That would be so funny, man. I'd, I would be so sad. <laughs> but either way, I think they're there. That's I feel like it's the Bills year. I feel like this year was the anomaly year, random team. I think next year we get back to the standard of, like, the 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 whatever you call it, the the blue chips. You know, yeah. the blue chip year next year. I feel like it's. But it's, Bills aren't blue chip though. They're just they're getting you know, it. They're getting it. Like next, like they are now. The Chiefs game proved it. They have a very like they have a good defense. They've got a good offense. They're hot. I mean, they did lose their coordinator, so we'll see. We'll see. My prediction: Jones has a great season, four thousand yards from Daniel Jones, all purpose. Oh God! uh, With new head coach, Uh, because he's going into a great scheme, and I think he fits it. And I think. And on that bombshell. Anyone have any last tangents before we leave our audience? Robbie made just this, the like disgusted tongue out emoji. I don't, eh, kind of. Uh, yeah, nothing. I got nothing. Thanks. Uh, you know, actually, you know, I'll, I'll Venmo somebody uh, $50 if they actually reference this point in the, in the podcast and they, and I don't know them. Yeah, I like thought about sending the like Gardner Minshew wins the Super Bowl that you offered fifty dollars for. <laughs> like, oh Rob, yeah. where's my fifty bucks? <laughs> but yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, end of next season, we'll find out how many yards Daniel Jones gets. I feel like the Giants are one of those teams who always should be good, and I think they're going to hit their stride next season. New coach, tons of talent. The the pieces are there, and the puzzle is starting to come together in New Jersey. Now that football's over, we're watching reality TV shows. So That's right. 90 Day Fiance, Love is Blind, The Bachelorette. Uh, Big Brother. Big Brother. Uh-huh. What day is 90 Day Fiance on? It's Sundays, but uh, we just choose like one. Like it's too much to watch a whole thing. So we just choose like one couple and fast forward everyone else's couples. So. Oh, that's. Yeah, that's. Okay. So it starts out with like four couples. Dude, it's like five or six couples it's you know okay you just, like, uh, i mean or you can watch them all they're all entertaining they're pretty crazy anyway um that's reality tv and that's football oh. listeners thank you for listening you guys thank you for joining me 
uh we'll have tons of episodes coming your way we we love you guys all that stuff reese go enjoy dinner rob go enjoy the bachelorette or bachelor i couldn't remember which one it was yada 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 peace bah, boo, bah, bee,